bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensa Otobiel. And now, today's word. We are focusing on worship, wisdom, and wealth. And uh, I have taught quite a bit on worship, and uh, I did quite a bit on wealth. Here and there, I've spoken about wisdom, but I just want to focus on wisdom uh, today. And uh, much of what I'm going to teach on today has to do with wisdom and its application in our lives. My message is simple, simply titled, How to Receive Good Advice. How to Receive Good Advice. How many of you want to receive good advice? And how many of you suspect that sometimes you get bad advice? Amen. All of us have people who advise us. Sometimes they give us good advice. Sometimes they give us very bad advice. And, and the quality of your life sometimes is determined by the people who speak into your life. The people who advise you, the people whose counsel you treasure, and the people who help you to make your decisions. At every point in your life, you're going to make a decision. And you will consult somebody. And you ask for the person's opinion. Sometimes you don't even have to ask them. They will give you their opinions anyway. Uh, and... Uh, if you trust them, and if you trust what they say, you are likely to do what they say. And sometimes, you may find yourself in very, very serious hot waters because of the advice you have received. So, how to receive good advice. I'm going to read four scriptures as foundation, and then I will give you the steps to take in receiving good advice uh, three of the verses are from Proverbs, and then we'll read one from Isaiah. The first one is in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. And uh, just open to that in your Bible. I want you to open before I read. Proverbs is somewhere in the middle of your Bible. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Later on, we'll read from Proverbs 24 verse 6 and then we'll read Proverbs 19 21 and Isaiah 31 and 2 are you ready okay the first one Proverbs chapter 12 verse 15 the way of a fool sorry for emphasizing fool I couldn't help it <laughs> I'm a Ghanaian uh, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. So one of the ways to find whether you are wise or foolish is to determine whether you always think you are right. If you always think you are right, you are not wise. You are the opposite of wise. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. A person who is not wise always feel he is right or she is right and they will defend themselves they will stomp their feet and they will always act with a feeling or the impression that they are always right so that's the mark of an unwise person then proverbs chapter 24 verse 6 and that says for by 
wise counsel, you wage your own war. In a multitude of counselors, there is safety. We have different wars that we wage. Personal wars, office wars, sometimes church wars, fights, battles, situations we are battling with. And the Bible says we have to fight all those wars with wisdom. And that when we have so many people who can speak into our lives, we can have safety. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Then Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, also talks about the value of good advice. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. And that is to encourage us to know that although it is good to have multitude of counselors, we have to bring the Lord into the picture. And when I start teaching on the process for receiving good advice, you have to know that it's good to have people to counsel you, it's good to have people to advise you, but you always have to submit them to the counsel of God. Then Isaiah chapter 30 and verses 1 and 2. This is very important. It talks about the quality of advice we receive. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel but not of me, and who devise plans but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who walk to go down to Egypt and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Remember, Egypt in the Bible refers to the world or worldliness. And Pharaoh talks about the system of the world or the authority in the world. So it's good to have multitude of counselors, but the quality of your counselors is very important. Receiving good advice is an art, and it is perfected through practice. The more you perfect yourself in the process of receiving good advice, the better you become at receiving good advice. Because it doesn't just come naturally. There are advisors who are bad. There are advisors who are good. There are people who speak into our lives and take us closer to God. And there are people who speak into our lives and take us far away from God. There are people who enrich our lives by their counsel. And there are people who deplete our lives by the information they give to us. Each one of us will have to examine the quality of people who we receive advice from. So I'm going to take you through six steps on how to receive good advice. Number one, to receive good advice, you have to consider your own limitations. You have to consider your own limitations. You don't know everything. 
neither do you see all angles you don't know everything and you don't see everywhere even if you have lived in life for a very long time I'm sure even Methuselah at 969 years didn't know everything you can't live enough to know everything there will always be something you don't know you always have a blind side there will always be an experience you have not gone through there will always be a perspective that you don't see and so each one of us is limited as good as we are as great as we are as competent as we are we have limitations and we have limitations in many ways we have limitations in our understanding the way we understand is not perfect the apostle paul says for we know in part and we understand in part even when you think you understand you don't perfectly understand our understanding is limited secondly we are limited in experience our experiences are limited you haven't experienced everything you haven't gone through every situation and so you may not understand everything and thirdly we are limited in competence what we are trained to do you can't do what you don't know how to do and sometimes you may find that your education is limited no matter how much education you have you'll be limited because education eventually will specialize you in one way if you are a doctor you're not a lawyer if you're a lawyer you're not a carpenter if you're a carpenter you're not a nurse that's why when you are a carpenter and you are sick you don't use your carpentry tools to solve your sickness problem. You have to go to somebody who has a different competence because if you use your tools to try to nail your sickness together or saw your sickness together, you will try, but you will soon realize your body is not wood. It has got flesh and blood. So you are limited in your competence. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. As, as fantastic as I am, I don't know everything. That is very humbling, isn't it? I wish I knew everything. I wish I could say, don't, no problem. I know it. I've gone through it. I understand it. Even when it comes to the Bible, I don't understand everything. There are certain Bible verses that confuse me. Sometimes I just run away from them. And leave them for years. Sometimes I understand them 10 years later, 20 years later. Some I will never understand. And I can do everything. I'm limited. So I need counsel. I need help. You need somebody to help you because you are limited. Secondly, to get good advice, you must choose wise counselors the operative word is wise not counselors your counselors help you to see a better picture of the situation you are dealing with each person who is a counselor in your life 
holds a mirror. And from that mirror, they show you a side of yourself you don't see. And each one of us have blind spots. This morning when I was coming to the office, uh, just on the road somewhere on the route I used, there was a big truck that had packed. I later realized it was stuck in the road. And so I had to swerve to the next lane. I looked into my rear view mirrors on the left and on the right, and there was not, nobody behind me. And I looked in front, and there was nobody behind me. So I started to turn, and just then I saw there was a vehicle behind me because it was at an angle that my rear view mirror could not see. It's called your blind spot. So even when you have looked, you think, I have seen. You may not have seen. That is why the Bible says you don't just need three rear view mirrors. Multitude of mirrors, there is safety. So I should have, maybe the car should have 20 mirrors. So I can look through all of them and see clearer. So you don't need just one counselor or two counselors or three counselors. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Because each one of them shows you something you don't see. And each one of them reflects something in your life that you don't fully appreciate. So look at your counselors. Each one is holding a mirror. One shows you your left Right, forward, northwest, northeast, north, southeast, south, northeast. Some will show you one degree little different from the other person. But each one of you shows you a different angle. And when you have a multitude of them, you see a more clearer and perfect picture. So the Bible says, when you're going to war, when you're dealing with situations, make sure that you're dealing with a multitude of counselors. If, for example, let me just use a simple example. You want to divorce. <laughs> so where did you get that from? It just came up. Uh, you want to divorce, and you ask for counsel. You can predict what your mother will say. You can almost predict what your father would say. If you're a woman, you can predict what your brother will say. You can predict what some of your best friends would say. They will say, ah, we told you. The man himself, the way, you remember when he was coming first, instead of coming with flowers, he was holding Ban's bread to come and propose. So, <laughs> we, we told you the man, Ban's bread. So, that's one counsel. That's one council. The Barnes Bread Council. Then you talk to your pastor, he gives you another council. He talks to the lawyer, he gives you another council. You talk to your best friend, they give you another council. And talk to your colleagues in the office, they give you different council. At the end of the day, you have realized all of them have shown you different angles of the problem. Now, you will have to make a decision. That's another part. We'll get there soon. But don't just listen to one person's view and make a decision. 
because you need a multitude of counselors. So what is the quality of counselors you should have? First, the first quality of a good counselor is good character. If the person is crooked, his counsel will be crooked. If the person is bitter, his counsel will be bitter. So good character. Look at the person's character. Check their track record. Are they morally upright? It's like if you're a woman, your husband is going to marry uh, a second wife. And you go to seek counsel from your father, who has four wives. <laughs> He's part of the multitude of counselors, but your, your father will say, you know, as for us men, that's how we are. Look at me. <laughs> I love your mother. And I love the other women too. As for us men, we can't stay with one. That counsel comes because your father has a character problem. He's your father, but he has a character problem. So first, look for good character. If you ask a thief to advise you on how not to steal, you may have problems with the quality of advice you get. So good character. Number two, practical wisdom. Practical wisdom. That simply means the person has got some experience in that area. If I want my marriage to work, I have to talk to somebody whose marriage is working. Somebody who's been married for 40, 50 years and has had a good marriage. That's the person I'm going to talk to. Not somebody who is struggling the same way I'm struggling. So practical wisdom. Find somebody who is practically good in your area. If I need financial advice, I have to talk to Ken here uh, because he knows more money than I do. I know more preaching than him, but uh, when it comes to money, I need some good advice from somebody who has practical wisdom and can give me advice based on competence and practicality. Third, the quality of your counselor must be somebody who has the ability to keep secrets. That's a very important one. Don't ask advice from somebody who talks too much. If you are asking advice from somebody and the person is using other people's stories to advise you, remember... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to use your story too. He's amassing stories. <laughs> and yours is one of them. It's, the person may use somebody's story without mentioning the person's name. That's fine. But if, if you are talking to somebody about your marriage problem, the person says, do you know Mr. and Mrs. so-and-so in the church? I've been advising them. Here, here, look at this seat. They were here. Just, the man was sitting here. The woman was sitting here. They have problems, so... <laughs> and he says he's a deacon in the church. He has problems. So they come to me, and I help them. After you hear that, say, thank you for your counsel and walk out. Because if you tell him your secrets next week, he says, do you know Mr. So-and-so? He was here. He says he's leaving his wife. And I told him it's a sin. <laughs> so, 
Make sure that the person you're talking to has the ability to keep secrets. And there are many ways in which you can find out whether people have the ability to keep secrets by whether they talk about other people. Because if they talk about other people, they're going to talk about you. It's important to keep secrets. And if you are in a position where people entrust information to you, you have to lock that information. If you can't handle it, tell the person, I can't handle this information the way I am. The way I am, people will hear. You heard about the three men who were uh, on a boat and uh, they were, uh, they thought they were going to die. They had been left somewhere in the sea and everybody was confessing their last sins to the other person. So the first one confesses to the pastor. He says, let me be honest. I like women. And I, I, I've, I've done so and so and so and so and so and so and so. He confesses sins and afterwards he breathes. I finished. Second one says, I'm a thief. I'm a, just a bad thief. And I've been stealing. Nobody knows, even my wife, I steal from her. And my children's lunchbox, I steal from it. I'm a bad thief. And he breathes. And the third one says, my problem is, I'm a gossip. I tell stories about people. So the implication is, whatever you've told me today is going to go out. I'm a bad gossip. Make sure you talk to people who have the ability to keep secrets. The reason why is because when you seek counsel, you don't want to give half-truths. You want to carefully open up your life. You want to be able to give the person who is counseling you as much information so they can make the right decision. Give them half information, they give you half decision or incorrect decision. So it's important that you are able to open up to somebody and, and just be honest and tell them as much as they need to be able to advise you. That's why you have to deal with somebody who can keep secrets. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.